Hey there, thank you so much for tuning in today. We hope that the message that you are about to hear not only encourages you, but helps you follow Jesus like never before. If you feel blessed by this teaching, I wanna challenge you to do two things. First of all, share this with someone that you know needs to hear this. And second of all, I want you to consider giving back to the ministry so that other people that just like you could also grow in their relationship with Christ. To do so, simply go to cfmiami.org give, and there you can follow the instructions, all right? Thank you so much. We hope that you enjoy this teaching. Come on, family, if you believe that, big throw, but if you believe that in this place, not for a minute will we forsaken whatever's going on in your home, whatever's happening in your life, whatever's happening with your family. Not for a minute are we forsaken. The Lord is with you and the Lord is in this place. Encourage your soul today, church. Not for a minute are we forsaken. Oh, come on, somebody. Come on. Y'all know I get hyped. You got to keep praying for me. <laughs> Well, what's up, church family? My name is Al, and I'm your pal. <laughs> yes, God, I have the honor and privilege to be the campus pastor at our Coral Gables and downtown campus, and also the privilege. Yeah, come on, man, I see my peeps. I see my peeps, yes, God. I love that, man, such a privilege, and it's a privilege and an honor to serve on the teaching team as well. Well, today, it's a, it's a onesie, and we're gonna be talking about uh, the subject of generosity. Now, before y'all shoot me, somebody up here running like, hey, bruh, inflation right now? My rent went up crazy? What you talking about, boy? Can I tell you, God wants us to worship him in every aspect of our life, amen? And there's a blessing to this. This is what I love about Christ Fellowship. We teach the whole counsel of God, but not prosperity. Don't worry, we're gonna explain what I mean in a minute here. <laughs> not prosperity gospel. But if you could please turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 9. 2 Corinthians chapter 9. And our generosity today is gonna to be coming from verses 6 through 8. Verses 6 through 8. Normally I have us always read something together, but I just want you to drink this statement and look at these scriptures, highlight them in your Bible, and take it home, and we're gonna meditate and study on this. Here we are, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, starting in verse 6, Paul speaking, and he says, the point is this, whoever sows sparingly will reap sparingly, and whoever sows bountifully will reap bountifully. Each one must give as he has decided in his heart not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And I really love this, verse eight. And God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. If you're taking notes in here today or photos of the notes in here today, we simply would love to title this The Anatomy of Generosity. And really, for me, I just want to make it this plain and simple. It boils down to love and trust. It boils down to love and trust. Amen, family? Well, let's go to the Lord very quickly for a word of prayer. Father, would you please be with us in here now in this place, God? Move in our hearts, Lord. Stir us up in this area, Father. 
We are excited to see what you're going to do in and through your people. God, I ask now that you would speak to us all, for your servants are listening. And all of God's people said, amen and amen. Well, you may be seated. You may be seated. I feel like I start off every sermon like this, but uh, me and my wife, next month is real. We're expecting our first little girl. Come on, October 7th. And I mean, if you could, talk about my wife. She's just such a wonderful woman. It's her birthday today, my little Mookie. My Mookie pie. Man, I'm excited. Yeah, 21 years old. Yes, God bless. She'll be 21 next year too, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. In the year after that, year after that. <laughs> oh, yes, yes, yes. But anyways, my wife and I, so here we are with our baby. And, and man, let me tell you, the internet for new parents now is crazy. It's too much out there. It's overwhelming, all the information, my Lord and my God, and all these different things you worry about. And it was so very interesting. Like, oh, this could happen, this could happen. But we ran across this story that was so very interesting, and it, it, it moved us. And it's the story of this young girl by the name of Evie Duarte. You see, young Evie, she was living her life and enjoying her, her parents, such a great time there. But, but it was crazy. In 2015, young Evie was uh, diagnosed with a, a very rare heart disease called uh, cardiomyopathy. Uh, excuse me. So dilated cardiomyopathy. And this is something where the, the valves in your heart are not working properly to pump blood to the rest of your body. And so your heart is moving and functioning, but there's certain areas where... Her heart is not functioning correct. And so little Evie's parents, worried and concerned and caring for the heart of their little girl, of course are going to many different hospitals, doing what they can to try to get their little baby girl a heart transplant because her parents are so concerned for their child's heart like any good parent would. And you can take a deep breath, church family, because praise God, one year later, she was able to successfully have that heart transplant. Come on, look at him right there. So cute. So cute and so sweet. She was able to successfully have this heart transplant, and now her heart is functioning and working and moving on all valves. But don't miss the point in this here, because can I tell you, we have a heavenly parent, our heavenly father, and he cares about our heart that it is functioning and working and moving on all cylinders. Here's what I mean, because some of y'all in this room right now, if I talk about small groups, you're like, yeah, that's what I'm talking about, bless the lamb. Uh, at our campus, we got Chuck and Patty, y'all watching, God bless y'all. You know, my people's over there and Chef. Or maybe some of you, we talk about CF students. I see my dog, Alex and Wifey in the house, CF students, oh yeah, that's my jam, right? Jacoby, I love students. CF young adults or whatever the CF kids. But then we talk about generosity. Everybody like, ah, get out of my pocket, preacher. <laughs> get out of my pocket, boy. But can I tell you, oh God, our Father, it cares so much about our heart that we worship him in every aspect of our life, and in particular today for this area of generosity, amen? And so here's the big idea that I want to get across to all of us in here is that God desires you and me to have a generous heart. Let the church say amen. It's true. God desires you and me to have a generous heart. And so maybe you're sitting there and you're wondering, well, okay, brother, how do I develop this? What do I need to do to get a generous heart? And then if I have it, how should I give? Well, good question. Glad you asked. Write this down as point number one. You need to give based on grace. Let the church say amen. 
give based on grace. Everybody look down again at our scripture in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, and if you could just do me a favor and go back one chapter to 2 Corinthians chapter 8 so that you can get the full context. I remember in school, they used to always say, a text without a context is a pretext. I still don't even know what that means sometimes. I'm like, law. But you have to understand the context of what's happening here. Paul, is the pa- he started up this church, and he's now going, and he's taking up a special offering to go and help and bless these other churches. And so now here's this preacher giving instruction to the church of what this would look like in this area. And so, but look at this, how he starts this off in Romans ch- uh, 2 Corinthians chapter uh, 8, verse 1. He says, we want you to know, brothers, about the grace of God that has been given among the churches of Macedonia. Listen to this, y'all. For in severe test of affliction, their abundance of joy and their extreme poverty. This is a broke church being generous. And their extreme poverty uh, has overflowed in a wealth of generosity on their part. Really quickly, I just want to explain this. This word grace appears over 130 times in the New Testament. And see, this word grace is, has to deal with unmerited favor, unmerited kindness, unmerited goodwill towards you. And that's exactly what we experience when we're born again. The scriptures say, for by grace you have been saved and not of works, so that no man should boast. It's all of grace. God pours out his grace upon us. And here's what happened. Because this church experienced the grace of God in their life, and now they hear about this other church, they're going, man, we want to try to bless them. We want to help them in whatever area they're in. Are y'all tracking with me? But then as this continues on, or let me even help y'all a little bit real quick to make this a little more modern so y'all can understand how they understand the grace of God and it's causing them to respond. Our brothers and sisters in Ukraine are going through a lot. And we live in right now the most expensive city in the United States of America. And here we are with rent high, Everything's up. Nobody knows what's going on. All this going on. And what did we do as a church? We pulled together almost $90,000 and gave to our brothers and sisters who were in affliction as well. Are y'all tracking with me? That's, what the, that, that's exactly what is happening there. So that's what these brothers and sisters, they're doing. But continue on understanding that this is all of grace. Everybody look down. Uh, skip a few verses to verse 7. Paul then speaking, and he goes, But as you excel in everything in faith and speech and knowledge. Listen, and in all earnestness, he goes, in our love for you, see that you excel in this act of grace. He doesn't call it generosity, he calls it an act of grace. And what is that act of grace? It's being generous to this other church. He says, see that you excel. And here's the part that I love, all the preachers in here, you'll know this and understand this, because he goes, see that you would excel, but then look at verse eight. I say this not as a command, you know, He's like, I'm thinking about, you know, Sister Letitia about to tack me in church. And she's like, why are you telling me to get my last dollar? You know, he's like, no, nah, I'm not saying this as a command. But then he goes and he says, but to prove by the earnestness of others that your love is also genuine. Ooh, here it is. For you know that the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake, became poor so that you by his poverty might become rich. It's all of grace. 
what Paul is saying, or what I want to get across to all of you in here today, is that you need to know and understand and experience the grace of God in your life. It has to start with grace. Grace must then be your foundation, and that then causes the heart of generosity to overflow in you, amen? You have to start with grace makes me think about this. Uh, when I first got saved, my mom and dad, uh, Doc, I know you're watching right now. What up, dog? I know you're watching. It was my boy, my uh, pops. But my parents, when I was younger, they just always told me, you know, you should be generous. And then when I became a Christian, uh, th then that's when they started talking to me about whatever church you go to, you should be generous there and then always look for other opportunities to be generous as well outside of that church. And so I remember, um, you know, one day I, I got my first job as a Christian at this airline called USA 3000. Anybody flown that airline? Yeah, they, they, yeah, they, yeah. It's not around no more, God bless. But I remember I was getting ready to get my check and my mom, she came up to me and she goes, you know, hey, Al, baby, because I'm the baby, you know. And she, hey, Al, baby, uh, have you decided, you know, what you're going to give, you know, to the Lord, where, wherever you're at? You, have you decided yet? And I was like, well, mommy, you know, <laughs> girl, I'm trying to get these shoes right now, you know. <laughs> and she goes, son, let, let me help you out. She, she said, USA 3000 didn't give you that check. She goes, how, you know how many people are born in this world who are paralyzed, they can't work. You know, people who are born in this world who cannot see, cannot walk, cannot talk, they, they don't have a job, they can't work. She goes, so the fact that you're walking and talking and moving and breathing, it's not something you, that's God pouring out his grace on your life. You tracking with me? She goes, that's God giving you grace to even walk there and go and have that job. And she goes, so you need to start and begin to think about how you want to honor him. And so she used the tithe, and we're in uh, uh, the law of liberty in Christ, which is a free will offering. Yeah, you know, the tithe, if y'all seen Creflo Dollar, God bless. Uh, he, he's been switching up. The tithe, you know, you got to, it's just a way to start. And my mother, she would always say, you know, the tithe is the floor, not the ceiling. And so she said to me then, she goes, I don't know any boss, Al, if you just look at, your, look at your check, go through 10%, she goes, I don't know of any boss that would let you keep 90% of his money. Think about that. I don't know any boss who would let you keep 90% of his money. He just wants this little bit here. And so I'll never forget that, and it changed my perspective, and I realized that it is all based on grace. I understand the grace of God in my life, but I want to make this clear to you that this area of generosity in our life, here's, because it's based on grace, it's not a requirement, but a response, you see? It's not a requirement, but it's a response, the outpouring of the grace of God in your heart, just like this church. And so now you understand that it's all of grace. Church, say, it's all about grace. Say, it's all about grace. You have to start with grace as the foundation. And maybe some of you, you're sitting there, you're listening, I can see it on some of y'all, you're like, ah, I feel you talking about grace, but you still in my pockets, boy. Back up, right? And so I wanna help you now then, write this down as point number two, is that you need to then give with the right attitude. You have to give with the right attitude. Now we can go into our text found in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, and starting in verse 6 there, Paul then says, the point is this, because he's telling them, you should give, but now he's given instructions. And he goes, the point is this, whoever sows sparingly will reap sparingly, and whoever sows bountifully will reap bountifully. 
Remember, this is a farming uh, a society, so everyone knows the more seed you spread out, the more crops that you get. The fewer seeds that you put out, the fewer crops that you get. He's using an example that they would understand. And don't worry, some of y'all are looking at me like, bro, you, you, you about to be all prosperity money coming to me now. So y'all looking at me like crazy. You'll be all right. So he said, but this is true. But then now look at this. Verse 7, it says, each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And I want to break this down really quick to all of us in here today. You're going to see this. Here's what's in this text. It's found in three simple ways is that God needs us to give prayerfully, willingly, and cheerfully. First, look at this one. It's prayerfully. God wants you and I to give prayerfully. Look down again at our verse. He says, each one must give as he has decided. That word literally could be translated as uh, to prepare beforehand, to go ahead of, to set before. And then it says, in your heart. This is your inner man and in yourself and in your mind. He goes, each person must give as they have decided, prepared for, thought about ahead of time, prayed about with the Father as they decided in their own heart. Y'all tracking? I think about with me and Aubrey when uh, we first uh, I was pastoring in um, California, and we just got married. And I remember, uh, you know, Aubrey, I was like, hey, you know, take your time, because we're going to work all of our life. Me and Aubrey are like, to retire is to expire. We're going to keep going, you know. And so, uh, but we'll find, uh, like, other little jobs. Don't worry. We're not about to be crazy now. But, um, but I remember, so Aubrey, I was like, hey, take some time off. And then after a month or so, she went and looked for a job, and she's a scientist. So, you know, nobody wanted to do science, so it's easy to find a job. And uh, so she went and got her first big girl job, you know. And then I remember, uh, I was like, hey, you know, we should pray about what we're going to give, you know, what, what we want to start giving out of your paycheck, you know. And she's like, yeah, let's pray about it. And we prayed together, you know, and then uh, and, and we went to sleep that night. That was it. Prayed about it, went to sleep. And then the next morning, Aubrey, like, woke up like that game, don't wake daddy, you know, like just, and she was like, Mookie, uh-uh. I feel like God's telling me I should just give the whole check. I was like, oh, Lord. That's from the devil, girl. No, no, but <laughs> well, I was like, oh, we should give the whole check. And I'm like, oh, oh, yeah, yeah. We prayed about this, okay. And the check came, and it was bigger than we were expecting. You know, and I'm like, Lord, but we, we prayed about this, Jesus. And we snuck up to the church. There was no online giving or nothing like that at this time. So we had to sneak up to the church. You remember that cookie? And put it on. Ah, well, that's cool. And we put it in and everything. And I was like, oh. And we gave in that moment in time. But don't miss the point. We, we decided ahead of time. And can I tell you, later on, God gave us that money back in crazy ways, like instantly. It was crazy. But, 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 but we prayed about it first. We made that decision first. And so let me tell you, it has to start with grace but then you gotta pray. Talk to God the Father about what he wants you to do with his money, amen? Can I tell you, if you got a red letter Bible, uh, that's all of Jesus' words. All, out of all those red letters, 15% of it is about finances. 15% of what Jesus said was about money. Does he care about it? Yes. I might as well talk to him about it, amen? But you can't stop there. You have to do it prayerfully, and then it needs to be willingly. 
It needs to be willingly. Go back to our verse there in 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and look at verse 7 again. As he has decided in his decided, right, that word prepared before time, thought about ahead of time, as he has decided in his own heart. Now look, not reluctantly or under compulsion. That word reluctantly, it literally, uh, it's the picture of being devastated and having regret about a past act. Anybody ever gave some money away that you just been like, man, I should have never did it. All the parents are like, yes. <laughs> Every time you're trying to go to the mall, like, what, more shoes, kid? You know. But so this one, he goes, he goes, so you shouldn't be reluctantly doing this. You shouldn't be giving it like, oh, man, oh, I feel terrible about it. And then that other word there, under compulsion, literally means to be troubled or distressed. You're troubled and distressed about it. I think about my oldest brother. Sorry, Big Drew, if you're watching this. I love you, dog. He went to a church one time, and he's like, man, this guy's talking about giving. And you know what? I gave my little funky $5. And I'm like, bro, I could use that for something else. And then he's asking about all this other stuff. And I'm like, man. And I remember telling my brother, bro, God loves a cheerful giver with a willing heart. Can I tell you, he don't need your money at all. He wants your heart. And so if you have the attitude of like, ah, ah, can I keep it in your pocket? Keep it. He don't want it. Y'all tracking with me? Because it needs to be willing. It needs to be freely given. You're giving this without expecting anything in return. There's actually a beautiful story about this in the scriptures. Everybody very quickly turn with me to Luke, the gospel of Luke chapter 6. Luke chapter 6. And uh, it starts in verse 32. Jesus doing his famous uh, portion of the Sermon on the Mount here. Now listen to this. In Luke 6, Jesus speaking in verse 32, he goes, if you love those who love you, what benefit is that to you? What benefit is that to you? For even sinners, and this just means those who have no relationship with God, those who do not know God, he goes, for even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who do good to you, what benefit is that to you? For even sinners, those who do not know God, do the same. And if you lend to those, this is one of those 15% that I was talking about here. And if you lend to those uh, uh, from whom you expect to receive, what credit is that to you? For even sinners, those who do not know God, lend to sinners, those who do not know God, to get back the same amount. I live in the city, and a lot of people I talk with who don't know the Lord, they're always like, well, what's in it for me? Right? How can I? I need that investment back, right? And so he goes, bro, pff, even the unsaved do the same thing. But now listen to this portion. This is that gospel. This is Jesus' gospel right here. So he, in verse 35, he goes, but love your enemies. Do good and lend expecting nothing in return and your reward will be great and you will be sons of the most high for he is kind to the ungrateful and the evil. And so you have to give willingly and you're giving willingly expecting nothing in return. There's a beautiful story of this, of someone having this heart of generosity in this light. True story, it took place in 1999, a young man by the name of Rong Fing out in uh, Shanghai, China, um, was, he made his way into the city with two other friends and he was looking for work. It was very difficult at that time and he could not find a job and it finally got to the point where he ended up having to beg. He was a beggar for a while there and he made his way into this noodle shop inside of Shanghai, um, he and his two friends and this elderly woman there 
by the name of Dai Singfing is her name. Uh, she, she took care of them in this shop. She took these boys in, she fed them, she called all of her friends and everyone she knew looking for jobs for them, and she even housed them that night. Her and her husband took these guys in in her little bitty apartment, and they stayed with her. And then finally, someone called who was at a furniture factory and got them a job. And so then, the next morning, her and her husband, they take these guys to the train station, and they give them money, they've given them clothes, they've given them food, and then, this is just a side note, but Miss Singh she said to them, uh, remember, uh, integrity and generosity is far more important than wealth. That's what she said to them. And so anyways, young Rongfing, he then is in the city. And of course, wouldn't you know it, that uh, statement from her resonated within him. And he worked hard. He worked hard. And eventually, 20 years later, he was the CEO of his own furniture company that is still uh, moving and functioning in China today. It's incredible. And uh, one of the biggest things about him is that he's honest. That's why that's I love how she said, be integrous. But this is incredible. 20 years later, after young Rongfing had raised up in the ranks and uh, had made all that wealth, he then made his way back to that little bitty noodle shop. And he found Miss Dai Sing Sing in there. And church family, you wouldn't believe it. Because she blessed them and wasn't thinking anything by it. Just wanted to bless them to be a blessing. He came back there, he found her, and he said, I just wanna bless you for what you've done for us, and I wanna help you out, and I want you to upgrade and do what you want in your apartment. And he handed her an $80,000 check. And she rejected it. And she said, you missed the point. That's not why I did it. I wanted to show you generosity so that you can understand and remember what happened to you so that you can go and be generous to someone else. Some of y'all are like, <laughs> I would have been like, give me that check, boy. <laughs> right. But you see, she was giving and not expecting anything in return. You need to be willing, amen? And so right now, if you're sitting here and you're still hearing in your heart and you're like, man, this little chocolate dude better get out of my pocket still, keep it in your pocket, amen? Keep it in your pocket. You know, God don't need that. So you got to give willingly. But then out of this too, not only does it need to be prayerfully and willingly, but then it needs to be joyfully, joyfully. Go back and look at our text in 2 Corinthians chapter 9. It says, reading it again, one must give as he has decided, prepared beforehand ahead of time in his heart, not reluctantly where he feels regret, not under compulsion where they feel trouble, uh, for God loves a cheerful giver. Literally, you translate this, it, it looks like hilarious. God loves a, <laughs> a hilarious giver, a Santa Claus-like personality giver, right? And so what this is, is this is someone who's happy about this. You're joyous about this. And can I tell you, it goes back to point one, because you understand the grace of God in your life. Maybe the people who understand this the best are parents and grandparents. Maybe the people who understand this the best are parents and grandparents. There's nothing like watching your little ones open up those presents and those little things that you got for them. Her grandparents in here, right? Rich, she getting little toys for his little baby, little grandbaby, right? And she probably, them, them kids, they slobbering all over everything. Probably they don't remember, but there's a joy in this. You, you tracking with me? There's a joy that comes from this. And so that's what, God, that's what God desires for you and I. That's the kind of attitude that we should have when it comes to generosity. It needs to be prayerfully. Go to God first about this. 
And then, yeah, yeah, be willing. And then be cheerful. I think about, uh, there's a quote from a, uh, a young uh, preacher uh, um, in London, England, Jacobia, by the name of Charles Haddon Spurgeon, God bless you. Yes, it's not going away. <laughs> Spurgeon had this when he was talking about giving, and it's actually like from this verse, he said, a, a, a cheerful giver is a willing giver. He said, a cheerful giver is a willing giver. He goes, he is not to be like a young grape that you have to press and squeeze in order to get the juices from it. He goes, no, a cheerful giver needs to be like the honeycomb that spontaneously drips with honey, ready to be generous to those who are around. That's the heart that God wants for you and I, for you and me, amen? We need to be cheerful. And so remember, if you're the ripe grape and gotta press and squeeze, keep it, amen? Amen. And so yes, you need to give based on grace. It starts there, it's all of grace. And then, yes, you need to give with the right attitude. Check your heart. But then lastly, I'll write this down as point number three, you need to give with the blessing in mind. And I'm being biblical here. We're not prosperity gospel now. God bless you. But look at this here. Go down and look at verse eight. It says, and God is able to make all grace abound to you so that having all sufficiency, contentment, in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. What he's saying there is God will bless you abundantly above and beyond when you are a generous person. And he'll bless you and he'll help you that you are content in the area that you're in so that you can go and be a blessing to someone else. This is not prosperity gospel. This is not a give to get. Y'all tracking with me? No, 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 because the whole point of the gospel and the whole point with God is to give, to keep on giving in any area of your life, right? And so go on and continue down with this verse here in verse nine. Uh, verse nine. It goes, as it is written, he distributes freely as, it, uh, as he, uh, he has given to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. Listen, he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of righteousness. I'm not making this up. This is the word. And then it says in verse 11, you will be enriched in every way to be generous in every way, which through us will produce thanksgiving to God. It says, for the ministry of this service is not only supplying the needs of the saints, but also overflowing in many thanksgivings to God. And just as I said earlier, we experienced this as a church family. You wanna know how? We gave to our brothers and sisters who are in the middle of a war zone in Ukraine. And what did we celebrate a few weeks ago? That they had Bible school, that people were fed, people were able to come home with Bibles. And then what happened? They had a baptisms there because people gave their lives to Christ. The response of our generosity was thanks to God. That's why we're generous, so that people can look to the Father and thank him. Amen? Amen. That's the point of this. And so I want to give you one more. This is with the blessing in mind. He goes, man, you give to be a blessing. Everybody write this down, look it up. We've heard it, we've said it many times. Found in Proverbs 11, 24 and 25. It says, one gives freely yet grows all the richer. And another withholds what he should give and only suffers want. 
Verse 25, whoever brings blessing will be enriched, and the one who waters himself will be watered. Amen? This is true. What that is saying is, is that, man, God, God is blessing you. If he blesses you, it's to bless someone else. It's to be a blessing. He will help you and take care of you so that you are content, as we read in that verse, with all sufficiency. And then now you're looking to be a blessing to others. I think about there was one uh, preacher, uh, 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 a businessman. He went and he was speaking at uh, Microsoft. And he's a Christian man. And they asked him what his financial goals were. And he said, you don't want to know what they are. And they're like, of course, whenever you say you don't want to know, everybody wants to know. And so they said, well, what are they? And he goes, my financial goals and plans are to give away every last penny before I die. And of course, everyone's like, you crazy. (laughs) And then that's when he said, I'd like to make the challenge to all of you in here. Do your giving while you're living so you're knowing where it's going. Amen? (laughs) That's kind of cool. That's fly, right? It's a wrap right there, maybe. Good praying. But so he then desires this for you and I to be a blessing to those around us and to others with us. And and so listen, really quickly, uh, you guys might have received this when you walked in, these little cards here, a five and up card. These little five and up cards, you can put that up here. And here, listen, as a church family here and as one of the pastors here at Christ Fellowship, it is, it's, it's our heart's desire that you grow and expand in your worship to God in every area of your life in every area of your life, and in particular right now for this sermon and subject, it's in the area of generosity. Now maybe you're sitting here and you're hearing this for the first time and you're a first time guest, I wanna tell you, this isn't for you, don't feel like you got it, you don't, just enjoy, take the notes. And those of you who've been here and you've been giving consistently and continually and faithfully, we want to say thank you and continue to be a blessing. And and those of you who are giving, you you could identify with these texts. You know this. You've experienced it in your life. You've been generous, and God has always taken care of you. Well, it says scripture that says, I've never seen the righteous forsaken or begging bread, right? And I want to thank you for that. But then there's some of you in here, and you've been coming, and you enjoy. You go to all the at the movies, eat all the popcorn, all the candy, all the everything. You never yet have thought about generosity. I just want to challenge you in this area, and this is what this five and up challenge is about. It's very simply to say, man, you could just start with five dollars. You could just start with five bucks. That's a Starbucks drink. And if you can't do five, just give a dollar. Just pray about, take time and think about it with a dollar. But here's why we're bringing this up to you, because generosity, on one hand, it's a lot like exercising. Those of y'all, y'all know me, when I first got to Miami, your boy blew up. I was big for a while there. And I had to go, I had to work on getting back to the gym because I was going to go see my mom. My mom is crazy, run 10 miles a day, squat 225 pounds, does yoga all the time. So I knew I got to get in shape before I go see my mama, right? And so when I went to the gym, I can't go there and go, I'm going to do 100 push-ups right away. This is my first day doing this. This is my first day back, you see? And so I just get down on the ground and my plan is I'm just going to do two or three. Y'all tracking? But then I'm down there, I did one, I did two, it wasn't too bad. I'm like, it's not that, it's not that bad. I, I'm already down here. Might as well do a couple more, right? I only made it to five. Don't worry. But you see, it's, but that, that's exactly how generosity is. In the beginning, it's difficult. It's difficult to get over that first hump just to start. But then once you're down there, so to speak, it's easier. It gets easier and easier. Those of you who give faithfully, is it true? Amen. It's easier and easier, right? Sometimes you look at your statement, what you give at the end of the year, like, whoa, dang, <laughs> we generous. I could have got something with that, right? <laughs> 
But no, so, so we understand that. So, so we want to just challenge you in this area. And so here's what we want to do right now, because I was talking about uh, being generous, and, and then one of the things I said is that it needs to be prayerfully. It needs to be prayerfully. Because maybe you're hearing this right now and you're going, all right, fine, I saw this challenge, I'm gonna scroll, I'll give $5 one time, whatever, whatever, or I'll give a dollar, whatever. He wants your heart right, amen? He wants your heart in the right place. So I asked to start with grace, but then, man, it needs to be prayerfully. So here's what I want you guys to do, here's what I want us all to do in here, it's gonna be awkward for about 30 seconds. I just want you to take time right now and we're gonna pray about this. We just want us to pray as a church family in this area because we want to see you grow and excel and worship God in all areas of your life. Amen? And so I just want us to take some time here. And maybe those of you, and you give faithfully, you got to be like me and my wife, where we always ask God if he wants us to, like, do we go more on this check? Do we go more? We don't look at, uh, because in Christ, you know, uh, the, the tithing, that's uh, just a standard from Old Testament, but when you're in Christ, we're under the new, uh, it's called the law of liberty. It's a free will offering. It's, a free, it's freely, it's a free offering. It's not, you gotta do this exact thing. The whole point of this is not to get to percentages. The whole point is to see how God wants to use you in this area, amen? So let's take a moment right now and just uh, pray for a few, so, uh, and just quietly with your mate, whoever you're with, let's take some time and pray very quickly. cries. I just ask that you would be with us, God. Those who are struggling in this area, Lord, help them to start with that first push-up. Those who need to trust you in this area, God, help them to trust you in this area. Those who are already trusting you, Father, help them to excel still more. I pray that even for myself and, and Mookie, Father, as we're about to even enter this zone with parents. And so, Lord, help us to be a generous church. Not giving to get, but blessing to be a blessing, Father. Help us to be in this light. Amen. And if uh, I just encourage you, you can take a photo of that or scroll, you know, have that uh, link on your phone. And if you just need to go home and pray with your family about it, do that. Take that time, go home and pray. Because let me tell you, family, this is an area of worship that we can all get stronger in, amen? It is, it is. I wanna encourage you with another passage of scripture very quickly. Oh my goodness, <laughs> sorry. sorry, I'm too, I'm ADD. I ain't seen her forever, grown girl, dang. Oh, bless, okay, y'all gotta keep praying for me. I need Jesus in a real way. Uh, I wanna encourage you with this. This is found in Acts, Acts, Acts chapter 20. And this is verse 35 in Acts chapter 20. It says, in all things I have shown you that by working hard in this way, we must help the weak and remember the words of our Lord Jesus, how he himself said, 
It is more blessed to give than to receive. It's the truth, amen. For a moment, family, can I go back to my young friend, young Evie, young Evie Doherty, who I talked about in the beginning? Here's what I love about Evie's story. Look at all that girl's hair, just cute on the top of her head. <laughs> young Evie, after she got her heart transplant and she's learning to walk all over again, she's learning to walk again, she wanted to help other little girls. She wanted to bless other little girls who were in need of help just like she was. And so with her mom and dad, she went and she found this uh, foundation called Little Princess Trust. And they give wigs to little girls who have cancer and the diseases alike that causes their hair to come out. Can I tell you, I just think about my little girl. We looked at her finally, could see her in full, and she's all lips like her daddy got blessed and all hair like her mama got blessed. <laughs> Some of y'all get that joke extra too again later. God bless you. <laughs> She's all lips and hair, but I just see, I could just could imagine my little girl doing something like this. And little Evie is donating 12 inches of her hair, 12 inches of her hair to other little girls. And the mom, she tells the story. She goes, Evie says, uh, I'm donating my hair for other girls to wear. I think that's so cute. But it all started with a heart transplant. She then experienced this generosity. She then experienced this grace. It changed her perspective on her outlook on life. And it caused her to be generous. Church family, I'm asking and praying that God would move in your heart. And when he does, man, you'll be like little Evie looking to be a blessing. And you know where it starts? <laughs> it starts with our Father. Because can I tell you that God created you and I to be in relationship with Him? <laughs> he created you and I to be in relationship with Him so that we could freely experience His generosity for all eternity forever. Oh, it's a beautiful thing. But the bad news of it is, is that sin came into this world and broke it so that you're experiencing inflation and all this craziness. But can I tell you, this is the gospel. Generosity is the gospel. Here's what I mean by this. John 3.16 tells us that God so loved the world that he did what, church? He gave. Oh, and he gave something far more precious than rubies and diamonds and gold. No, he gave his one and only son, generous to you and I, grace poured out to you and I. And the scriptures say that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life because of God's generosity. And when you believe in him, you'll have eternal life. And can I tell you, in heaven, we're going to experience God's generosity forever. It says that he will make all things new constantly, continually, consistently, forever. The Father's house, he's giving us these things. Let me tell you, family, God does motivate us with reward. It's true. And our reward is gaining Jesus in heaven. Amen. Amen. And so listen, I know. It's a tough message in a time like this. 
But can I tell you, if you start to love and trust God in this area of your worship, he'll take you to another level that you haven't experienced, amen? Well, amen and amen, family. Let me take a moment now and pray for us. Father, we're so thankful for your word and the clarity in your word. Lord, I know this subject is one that is tough to be talked about, but you talked about it, Father. Jesus talked about it out of 15% of his teachings. You care about this area of our worship. I ask now, Father, as we head out of this place that we would begin to pray and talk to you and, and lay it down at your feet about this area of generosity and what you would have us to do. And then to help us, Father, to be, gen be generous, Lord, to continue in that generosity. As a church, Father, we're looking forward to how you're gonna move in and through your people and continue to bless this church to be a blessing to our city so that we're able to help out other brothers and sisters like something of what's going on in Ukraine or what's going on over in, in, uh, in the other nations, Lord. And so I just ask that you would help us in this light. Help us to walk it out, Lord, and to continue to love and to trust you. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen and amen. Well, come on, somebody. God bless you. Always shout out to my dog, Pastor Mark. I love God and I love you, Christ Fellowship. We'll see you guys soon. God bless.